How do you ferment pumpkin pie enough to make a cider? <laughs> is it good? It's just kind of weird. <laughs> does, it, does it taste like pumpkin pie? It's I don't get the pie taste. I get more just a little hint of pumpkin. Oh. So it was like they made apple cider and... Threw in a pumpkin. <laughs> yeah, put in like the, <laughs> the pumpkin spice, you know. Oh, whatever. and all the white girls came running. Welcome to the Greatest List Podcast, a show about music and lists. This season, your hosts Jason and Eric are counting down the top 25 guitar solos of the 80s and the top 25 guitar solos of the 90s. Think your favorite made the list? Tune in and find out. Take it away, boys. Welcome to Greatest List, the music and talk podcast featuring lists of the greatest songs of all time. I am Eric, your host for this episode, and joining me, as always, is my co-host Jason. What's going on, Jason? Hey, proud to be an American, man. <laughs> America, America. Oh, uh, we are continuing our season two list of our favorite guitar solos of all time, and we're currently counting down the top twenty-five of the eighties. Uh, but before we continue, this episode is sponsored by HalloweenCostumes.com, which features the largest online selection of Halloween costumes ever. Use our, pro- <laughs> Use our promo link in the show notes to save 15% on your entire order. Just click over and the savings are automatically added to your cart. But you got to do it before October 31st. So get your orders in ASAP. Get those costumes, people. This episode... We are talking about the number 17 song in our countdown from the album Midnight Madness. This is You Can Still Rock in America from Night Ranger. Behind the music. Hailing from San Francisco, California, Night Ranger formed in 1979 with bass player Jack Blades, drummer Kelly Kege, and guitarist Brad Gillis, who were all members of the band Rubicon before they, they formed Night Ranger. Uh, They started out under the name Stereo and added keyboardist Alan Fitzgerald, who soon recommended adding a second guitarist by the name of Jeff Watson. Um, A year after that, they changed their name to Ranger. Uh, A a year after that, after being signed in 82, the band changed its name uh, to Night Ranger after country band The Rangers claimed trademark infringement. By this point, they had recorded their first album, Dawn Patrol, for Boardwalk Records and had done opening stints for ZZ Top and Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, wow. Uh, after Boardwalk folded, producer Bruce Bird uh, sec- uh, secured Night Ranger with a deal on MCA Records um, in 1983, uh, and they had produced 13 albums over their 40-year career. Wow. Guitarist Brad Gillis was born in 1956 in Honolulu, Hawaii. He received his first guitar at eight years old and started his first band at 10. Wow. <laughs> Gosh. Fresh out of high school at 18, Brad honed his craft in nightclubs around the San Francisco Bay Area before joining Rubicon and Night Ranger. Uh, during the recording of Night Ranger's first album, uh, Sharon and Ozzy Osbourne brought Gillis in to replace Randy Rhodes after his untimely death. Osbourne... Oh, okay. Who was drinking? Who was drinking heavily at the time? Still trying to come to terms with the loss of Rhodes, uh, took his frustrations out on Gillis and treated him very poorly. 
As a result, Gillis left Osborne's band after completing the 1982 Diary of a Madman tour and returned to Night Ranger. However, you can hear Brad Gillis playing on Osborne's 1982 Speak of the Devil live album, and you can see him playing on the DVD of the same title. Uh, aside from playing on every Night Ranger album, he's also had two solo albums of his own. Okay. Uh, guitarist Jeff Watson was born in 1956 in Sacramento, California. His first instrument was a Stella four-string baritone ukulele uh, <laughs> when he was five years old. Then a Stella, <laughs> exactly, then a Stella small-body six-string when he was six years old, and then a Yamaha 12-string guitar when he was eight. And soon after, he got an electric guitar. Uh, before joining Night Ranger, he played in several bands around the San Francisco area. And during his time with Night Ranger, he developed his signature eight-finger tapping technique. Um, he also briefly played in the supergroup Mother's Army with, vocal, with vocalist Jolyn Turner, bassist Bob Daisley, and drummer Carmen Apice. Um, he also has uh, two solo albums of his own. He played in Night Ranger from 1982 till 2007 when he was dismissed from the band for undisclosed reasons. Hmm. And trust me, I've been trying to find those undisclosed reasons and couldn't find them anywhere. <laughs> Nobody's talking about it. <laughs> yeah, sometimes it happens that sometimes way. Sometimes it happens. Uh, as far as the song goes, the band was on tour with Sammy Hagar in 83. Singer Jack Blades bought several music magazines in town on his day off many of which proclaimed, quote-unquote, rock is dead in favor of new wave artists like Thompson Twins or The Cure. Blades refused to believe it as his band and Sammy Hagar had played so many concerts on that, tour, on that tour with thousands of screaming fans who seemed to think rock and roll was still very much alive. Uh, he came up with a chorus first and then wrote some verses based on what fans would tell him about the links they would go to to attend rock concerts. Uh, Blade said, so I just took what the fans were telling me and I wrote that as a commentary on what I was seeing out there uh, when everybody was saying rock was dead. Interesting. Let's get personal. I first heard Night Ranger uh, and this song early in 84 when I started seeing the video on MTV and other places. And that, the first time I saw the video is when I fell in love with the guitar. Um, and I, rem I don't know if I, pro I probably mentioned on one of our episodes somewhere that I have three big influences on me as far as guitar playing. One of them is Brad Gillis. And I, for the life of me, I cannot tell you why I chose <laughs> out, out of these two guys. I don't know why I chose Brad Gillis <laughs> over Jeff Watson. I just did. It might be because of the Ozzy album because I, 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 I had heard the Ozzy album and knew that he was playing on there as well. Um, that and soon after this song was out Sister Christian came out too and they were in, they were in heavy rotation on MTV uh, and later in 84 MTV featured them on their Saturday Night Concert Series and that sealed the deal for me as far as uh, wanting to play guitar um, one funny story I have about this album I think I may have already told this I can't remember but in the summer of 84 I bought this album and I bought Duran Duran's Seven and the Ragged Tiger one day when we were at the mall. We had gone on family vacation and uh, had gone to the mall with some family friends. And uh, <laughs> I walked into the music store and bought those two 
those two albums, the, this one, Midnight Madness and Seven of the Ragged Tiger. And I walked back out to where my dad was sitting in the mall concourse. And he was like, what do you got there? And I showed him. And he, oh, no. He walked me right back into the record store. And I had to return them. Oh, gosh. And because uh, it was rock and roll. And he wasn't going to let me buy that. And I re- just remember the look on the guy's face that was behind the counter. <laughs> just look at like he, he just, did you just buy these <laughs> i was like yeah and he was, oh man and he just, i could just see on his feet like what what and i just remember my dad going just give him his money back uh, <laughs> yeah, wow that, yeah that so was, you can still rock in america just not in the vardaman household it's not the vardaman household unless oh, you unless man. you unless you tape all of your music off from friends and hide it in your bedroom <laughs> uh, so while so other people hid like playboys under their mattress you were yep, just stashing blank I tapes had cassette tapes everywhere in my bedroom oh man sure enough. uh so yeah that's my little bit of my history i've seen these guys seven times in concert uh, wow, wow yeah so i'm i'm a fairly huge fan of night ranger what, what, what about you <laughs> when, did, when did you start listening to night ranger or I'm have not, you I'm- yeah, I don't want to bust the bubble here because you, I know this is one of your favorite bands. I don't have a lot of experience with Night Ranger beyond the singles that yeah. were released on the radio. And uh, it was just earlier this year, I went on a kick and I listened to like the first couple albums of Night Ranger and some other bands like Survivor and 38 Special. Uh, I'm trying to think who else I grouped in there. But there's just some bands that, I, and I think Night Ranger because sister christian was a huge hit yeah and it it's almost like uh they were almost like the extreme of the early 80s where you had these huge hits like no uh more than words and wholehearted that's nothing like the rest of the songs on the album oh right and the the ballads that just are monster hits and you you know you go to play it and you're like wow now this song here you know is uh is not what i was expecting but right. um yeah no i've heard this one in particular over the years on the radio i just have never really gone back and explored their catalog beyond like singles and stuff i don't i don't know if i ever had a greatest hits with them i don't think i did but uh yeah just not one i've i've really had a lot of experience with yeah and they um they're the kind of band that and i talked about this several times during my my album countdown that they should have been i mean for as much success as they had on this album with you know with the three singles they had and then the next album they had a couple of singles and i i watched a video or i watched an interview with uh, the drummer kelly kigi and he mentions the fact that after sister christian blew up that's all the record company wanted from them and so the next right. album they wanted, you know, multiple songs like that, and they were, you know, they were releasing them. And then every album after that, we don't hear the Sister Christian on this album. We don't hear, you know, and uh, they just kind of got by the record company, got pigeonholed in, into that. And mm. after that next album, they just didn't have a whole lot more success for for whatever reason. And you know, they should have been huge, and, and with with every album, and they just it just didn't it just didn't happen that way. So yeah, a, a yeah. lot of people a lot of people don't have experience with them beyond either their singles or sister christian i mean everybody knows that song yeah oh yeah everybody knows it you know uh don't tell me you love me i think that's a pretty big one that i've heard over the years and 
yeah it's it, it's crazy how one song can just overshadow you or uh um just need not be at the core i guess of what really their music is at least from what i've listened to as well yeah and you just get pigeonholed into that and i can see that happening and you know why they just never really made it to that next level right exactly the breakdown so the solo is broken up into two parts, obviously, because there's two guitar players. Uh, Brad Gillis plays the intro to the solo and the first half of the solo. Uh, and then Jeff Watson plays the second half and the outro of the solo. Um, as far as Brad Gillis goes, you can hear his use of the whammy bar. He, oh, yeah. He He's loves all about thing. the whammy. Yes, yeah. He loves yeah. that thing. Um, and, you, and, you know, and you can also hear it at the beginning of the song. That's what you hear when song stars is, is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, but when you hear but then when Jeff Watson plays you can hear his eight finger tapping technique. Oh yeah. Um, and they're both just I mean at at this point in their careers they were both just ridiculously good guitar players that uh, that were you know they were just you know a couple of years after this there's a lot of people doing the eight finger thing. You know where you, you you're not actually tapping with all eight fingers at one time but <laughs> Right, they're right. All, they're all active at the same time. I mean, he's got them all over the neck, and you know. And later on, there's a lot of guys that do that. But when he was doing it, nobody was doing it. Not even, not even Eddie. Eddie's, Eddie doesn't do that. Oh yeah, yeah. So he I noticed like, that watching the music video. Yeah. Like his technique is like slower almost yeah. when in motion it's compared like, to like Eddie, who's like all up and down the neck with the tapping. Yeah, he considered it like playing the piano on the neck is one way he described it one time. He used to have, I think I mentioned during uh, the Richard Marks episode that uh, Steve Lukather had a Starlix video, mm-hmm. uh, like an instructional video. So did Jeff Watson. And, and I remember watching him trying to you know, demonstrate and teach how to do the eight finger thing. And it's just like, I'm like, no, I'm not doing that. There's no way. I'm doing <laughs> You're just ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, when, when he was doing it, nobody was doing it. And it was just, uh, you know, people were like, oh my God, that's amazing. Um, but yeah, and Brad Gillis, I mean, he, he is the master of using the, the whammy. I mean, he, he can play without the whammy bar. I mean, he's fast and he's got great, you know, technique and has some great licks, but when he uses a whammy bar, nobody else plays the whammy bar like that. I mean, he, the way he makes it do certain things that, Mm -hmm. uh, that, that, that he does with it. It's just, it's, it was unique at the time. Um, and and still, when everybody finally started playing that way, nobody did it as well as he did. So mm-hmm. I, I've always thought that these two were a little bit ahead of the curve as far as the way they played. Because, you know, the, on the other hand, you had all these metal bands that were coming out and they could play, you know, maybe play fast, but they were one-trick ponies and these guys were doing more things on the guitar than some of the metal bands were out at the time, if that makes any sense. Oh yeah. Cause like I went out to Spotify to listen to the song and I'm, I'm going through the solo a couple of times. I'm like, this is one talented dude. If he's doing it, everything yeah. in, in both, you know, I didn't realize it was two different guitar players. Yeah. And then I went out and watched the music video and it gives you a new appreciation for just what they're doing because you can see everything you know, in both solos or both parts of the solo in the music video. And yeah. the dude is just 
he has his hand on the whammy bar. You know, some guitarists will use it for certain parts, and you see him reach down and grab the thing and and use it. Where he has the, the hold of the thing the whole time. Yeah, that's and you're exactly you're right. hearing you're hearing all these crazy sounds that are coming out of the guitar yeah. with uh, with just the whammy, yeah. and then you get to all the tapping too, and watching the tapping, I'm just kind of mesmerized with it because I had never seen the tapping used in such a slow manner before and still get what sounds like a a faster pattern that he's doing yeah um so just it, very unique in the fact that you've got two two guitarists two that are doing like their own thing separately and yet still sound awesome together yeah and i think that's a th there's other guitarists or, or other bands out there probably that had two that could swap back and forth like that for a solo, but I don't, well, I don't know about very, this level. Very few bands that had two guitarists had two lead guitarists. They usually had a, a rhythm player who might pull off a lead every once in a while, and then they had the right, lead right. guitarist. Like you think like think, bands like like Rat. Rat had a lead guitarist and Warren DeMartini, and then they also had Robin Crosby who played and Def rhythm. Leppard too. We yeah, Def about. Leppard, yeah. right? Exactly. And so to have two guys that were lead guitar players was different than anybody else yeah, yeah they've had so after jeff watson left they've had two other guys in the band as a second guitar player and i've seen them i've seen them live with both guys and even though those guys are incredible guitar players neither one of them can completely pull off this well, part of the yeah, solo yeah, yeah, this part yeah. of the solo because they don't they don't play the eight finger technique they they just tap it really quick and so it sounds close, but it isn't the same. You know, you know what right, I'm saying? Right. That's how. Right. That's how. That's how uh, unique that technique is to him, and wasn't that white? You know, wasn't widespread at all. Yeah. So, yeah. But uh, um, so yeah. Uh, but one last. So one last story before we. I'm just railing on because it's my favorite band. But <laughs> sure, story. no, go ahead. I go saw ahead. them. I saw them uh, seven or eight years ago here in town. We had a. A festival here in town called Streets uh, Streets Gone Wild. It was a hair band festival, and they were the headliner on Friday night. And I was literally like up against the fence at the stage in front of Brad Gillis the entire time. If, if I can get in to see them, I, that's where I stand every time. Is right in front of Brad Gillis, and uh, <laughs> I'm, so I'm just watching him and just you know just soaking it all in. And he plays. I, I don't remember what song it was. But he's playing a solo, and when he gets done. As he's been in the the note of the of or the string for that final note, the string breaks, and uh, he just yanks the string off, and he looks at like three of us right in the front of the of the stage. He just looked at me, and he just mouths to us, "I effing love my job." <laughs> he, takes <his> <laughs> he takes his guitar off and throws it at his roadie, and he throw him another one. He just keeps playing. I'm like, God, that is a guitar hero right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say that you were like fighting over the broken string, you know, to take it with you. <laughs> it's on my wall. I got it mounted on the wall. I, I, wear, it, I wear it as a necklace. Yeah, yeah, it's my necklace. <laughs> so You Can Still Rock in America comes in at number 17 on our countdown. And I've got, I like much like the Vito Brada episode, I could probably give you nine or ten bonus songs for this guy. But I'll give you three. Um, from the same album, there's a song called Touch of Madness. Um, the solo is good, but the whole um, the riff that, that, that he plays for this song, this used to be my ringtone on my phone. 
So that'll be the first. <laughs> that'll be the first uh, bonus song. The second bonus song is from their album, "Man in Motion," which is criminally uh, under underplayed by anybody, and under nobody nobody plays this album. It's just so good. Uh, it's a song called "Here She Comes Again," um, and then the third bonus song is from their album big life um and it's about it's 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 more of a ballad but the solo is just it's just smoking hot um it's a song called hearts away so if you have spotify premium which we recommend stay tuned because you're going to hear all three of those songs in their entirety after i get through talking uh free spotify users you're going to get 30 seconds of those songs and then just be pissed off because you can't hear the whole thing (laughs) Um, but outside of Spotify, you're not hearing anything but background music and our, vo- and our voices droning on. Um, so we invite you to visit the song whip links in the show notes that will connect you to those songs in your favorite music app. If you want to support us and get your name in the show notes, click over to patreon.com forward slash the retro network, which is our home base, or you can find us on Twix. Uh, if you look for us <laughs> uh, at greatest lists, you can also find us on YouTube at greatest lists or on our website, greatestlistspodcast.com. Jason will be back in control for our number 16 song on our next episode. Mm-hmm. That band was actually mentioned in this episode. Earlier. Oh, that's right. I did, oh, that's true. I didn't even think about that. Uh, thanks for listening to The Greatest List, and we look forward to continuing our countdown next time. You've been listening to The Greatest Lists. 